0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
3: I don't know, like him and his girlfriend or something. Out there, it's like, yeah,
2: I, it. For some reason, it just reminds me of like a bad P Diddy music video from <laughs> the 90s.
3: Uh, it's amazing, man. So he would definitely be my guy. That you know, if you could wear your shin guards over your socks, and Yosef would definitely be doing that.
1: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com/slash soccer. And now here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazo.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Skylar Redpath, joined tonight by JD Bazo to talk week 15 of MLS Fantasy Soccer. Uh, Andrew Laird, our usual number 10, uh, cannot be here tonight. If you guys uh, have been keeping up with a little tournament called the World Cup, then he's been busy plugging away at some some uh, group previews. So if you haven't checked those out, definitely shoot to Rotowire and check them out. Some good stuff. I've still got a few to catch up on myself, but um let's jump right in jd how did uh week 14 go for you
2: uh week 14 was pretty good i remained second overall um i don't know what my my salary cap did i don't think much but um week rank 143 got 163 points um the rsl clean sheep helped me out i had ramondo and glad um but i missed i missed out a little bit in the midfield i had barco and Fagundez, kind of hurt me um Who's the who's the big midfielder that I, I said I wanted to play? Do you remember?
3: Uh I don't. I mean I know Dutch call and uh Oh that's pitch, it. Yeah. I had
2: him I had him in all week and then uh last minute I kinda switched it up. But that's um right. yeah, no big deal. And then uh of course, if anyone has been following uh on the banter on Twitter, uh I ended up getting pigeonholed into Zlatan in the final <laughs> as my third forward. I had yes. a Rudy. It was the last game of the night on the first uh on Wednesday of the double game week. And so I had to pivot to uh Christian Coleman who I didn't think would start both matches or Zlatan or just trust that Arudi would uh get significant minutes in that first game from the bench. And uh I did go to Zlatan. He did only play in the one game as I uh suspected he might. You but, got uh, that
3: right. You got that call right.
2: Yeah, it turns out he uh he grabbed two goals. I don't know how, cause I stopped watching at <laughs> halftime and he looked like he looked pretty terrible in the first half. I have to say it looked like exactly every Zlatan game I've been watching since the, since El Trafico, um, just kind of lost. Like they don't know how I, they just don't know how to play with him. And, uh, when, when he gets isolated one-on-one with somebody, uh, he can't really beat them. And if they take away the shooting lane, he just has to try a clever pass. And, uh, it doesn't usually work out. So
3: yeah, it seemed like the um, I watched that that game in its entirety, and it seemed like the second half, then LA came out a little bit more aggressive um, and obviously looking for him. I mean, swinging balls into the box for him, trying to find him, uh, find runs in behind the back line for him, and he was just you know he was getting off shots left and right, and it seemed like as the game wore on, Dallas wore down a little bit, and he took advantage. So yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like that first half I was, you know, I was like, ah, here we go. Here comes another Zlatan strikeout, but um, he pulled it together. I mean, just shooting left and right and got a couple of goals and that was kind of what I was counting on was, you know, his point haul to come from that game. Anything in the second game would have been gravy. I think he came off the bench and got us a point. So whatever, 16 points on the week. I'll take it.
2: Yeah. And you and Andrew also, uh, you both captained Joseph Martinez. I played it safe. I went with Al Maron, um, which netted a difference. I think it ended up being 10 points. It was 11 at one point, but I think there must have been a scoring correction. Yosef had 28, Almarone 18. Um, so I, I felt like I need to play it safe up at the top. I couldn't afford some bad uh, like two-point or three-point games from Martinez. Uh, but you guys struck gold there with uh, the double red card from Philadelphia <laughs> really helped out um did he get two pk goals on the week
3: yeah he did he got the I think yeah. his first and second and his third one actually were uh were both oh, okay. pks so yeah.
2: would have been nice if uh, Al Marone could have had some of those <laughs> but um anyway no big deal i think houston disappointed people but i only went with alies um but yeah you and you and andrew deserve some uh, some credit this week you both jumped up considerably, so why don't you talk about that?
3: Yeah, it was a good week. It was nice to finally gain a good bit of ground instead of uh, you know, five five ranks here and then drop a couple ranks the next week, but uh finished seventeenth for the week, had a hundred and seventy four points and skyrocketed to fifty ninth overall. I'm over here like thinking I might have a legitimate shot at top twenty five now that we're now now that we know that it's week twenty one that the uh the spring season ends. So uh-huh. We've still got seven weeks, I believe, to uh to do some work. So yeah, I'm feeling yep. pretty confident right now. I'm actually second in the Atlanta United um supporters league. So I'd love to take that down. And I won the Revs, I think it was the Revs League last season, so kinda of trying to, you know, work my way around the league and uh <laughs> top top the table on, on each individual team. Uh maybe by the time i retire but
2: uh oh that'd be cool i always
3: go for the (laughs) i
2: always go for the team that i think the least amount of fans are going to be uh playing so i think last year i went with vancouver um when i did really well a couple years ago and actually won the the one league it was columbus so i went back to that this year and uh that's kind of my correlation to having the the good seasons i guess is when i joined the columbus (laughs)
3: league that's that's actually a pretty uh, sharp strategy right there. That's actually my strategy on when when I joined supporters leagues, except this season. I don't know. Maybe I had Atlanta's <laughs> like down as one of my teams or something. And it seemed like it automatically put ah. me in that league, um, and I was trying to get out and switch, but it didn't work out. So whatever, I'll <laughs> I'll go do it the hard way. But um, actually, it was the Philly Union League that I ended up winning last year. Now that you Oh, there—that that has yeah. to be a yeah, a relatively weak one as well. I was trying to get in on on many this season, not to uh, not to put the Minnesota fans down out there. But <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it's it was a fun week, man. I I uh, still, even though I finished 17th, I still came away with like, you know, a couple of plays that I'm sitting there thinking like, if I would have just done this or that, then I could have even been like top for the week. But so for. Yeah. For instance, I had uh, – you mentioned the erudi being uh, on the bench the first game, and so I already had Zlatan penciled in alongside Yosef, and I said, okay, well, I don't want, uh, you know, one-and-a-half game, maybe one-and-a-third game erudi I'm going to plug uh, David Villa at home against Orlando in. Um, so he's in for me um, – you know obviously everybody has real life stuff going on i don't i hate to keep i hate to use that as an excuse but i was at a youth soccer tournament and just happened to make it to the semifinals of the tournament playing right at the same time <laughs> that game locked the nyc and orlando game locked and i missed the news um so I was stuck with a David Via one pointer in my lineup and that just that really stung. I mean, as good of a yeah. week as it was, like like even if I just had a lease in and like give me that the extra like seven or eight points, like Yeah. But that's I mean, that's uh that's I, the I think the, a fantasy yeah, manager.
2: The overwhelming majority of people I feel like come across that multiple times a year. Right. Um but uh it is hard. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I nice. uh all I think I've messed
2: up a, a handful of times again, but last year it was like dozens potentially, um, just because other stuff was going on. So
3: yeah, the rolling, rolling transfers has definitely helped out a ton this season, even though it, it didn't in yeah. that case. But I know it saved me already a few times, and yeah, yeah, man, we've got a lot of season left, so let's do some work and uh, hopefully you can take down that top prize. That's that's amazing that you're up there. I, I think you're going to take it down. I mean, I've no doubt Hope you're going to so. take it down.
2: I, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned last week I'll be in Europe for uh, like a couple weeks towards the end of the this partial season, so I'm a little nervous about uh, making things work at 4 in the morning or whatever, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, before we wrap up the, the recap from last week, uh, we should point out Andrew had 171 points. He's up to 111th overall. So you're pretty close to listening to a podcast where uh, all three of the um people on it are in the top hundred, which is uh, very exciting. I feel like that's what we should uh should be at every season. So uh good to see.
3: Yeah. Definitely got to uh you know, gotta do our due diligence and make sure the listeners know that they're they're getting sound advice.
2: Most of the time, yeah.
3: <laughs> Most of the time, that's right. Um well yeah, let's jump into the slate, man. Uh, I know You've got your rankings up on Rotowire. I've got mine, MLSsoccer.com. Do you want to start with the Fords and just talk a little bit about where where we went that, with that?
2: Yeah, let's do it. I think um, kind of Houston's the play that just immediately jumps out with Elise and Kyoto. Uh, Colorado's just been bad all around this year. They're not going to have Baji. Um, not that that affects the defense that much, but... In a a group of forwards that was pretty hard to rank, like the top, I think the top 10 that I have all are in consideration. Um, Elise just kind of jumped out, mostly for his consistency, but um, he has a pretty high ceiling as well.
3: Yeah, I've got Elise as number one, too, mainly just because he's, I think it was just this last game that he snapped like a three or four game goal streak and uh man he just he's not afraid to go at guys and colorado is just the type of team that he can go at and timmy howard hasn't looked good at all so i'm like hey. he's easily like
2: the worst starting goalkeeper in the league i think at this point right he's
3: been so bad and uh like i'm even like you know i'm i am already thinking about like fourth of july like i mean I'm, I'm already pretty high in the rapids on fourth of july as it is do i want to go with timmy howard then i don't know like, probably not. Probably not. He's been that bad. i like not even going to go with him on Fourth of July. Um, <laughs> but no, I think Elise. Man, I think like he's he's one of those guys that's just gonna he's gonna put himself in a spot to to potentially come away with multiple goals like almost every game, especially at home against Colorado, who I mentioned have lost uh, seven in a row. They've given up two or more goals in four straight. So it's like they're going to get some chances and whether it's Elise whether it's Kyoto whether it's even Minotas, um you're going to want to have exposure to the Dynamo attack and i think it starts with Elise yeah
2: so to put it in perspective uh i'm on Rotowire stats here and i i kind of just clicked a couple that i know Elise has been dominating at and he has a he's the only person with triple digit touches inside the opposing box he has 110 uh, the next one would actually be, you probably wouldn't guess, it's Giassi Zardes with 97, um, which is impressive because he never is taking two touches. Those are probably all uh, either a bad first touch or a shot. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> um, true. <laughs> but um, Elise is kind of the same way. He's actually been dribbling at people a little bit less because I think there's more attention on him and they're kind of shutting the ball off before it gets to him. But he's just lethal with like floating back post and. Uh, getting across in there, he's pretty much uncoverable. So uh, whether he's creating or just getting on the end of something um, or dribbling at people, beating them, uh, maybe on the counter, on the break, whatever, um, he's playing extremely well. And then you also have uh, his surrounding talents playing really well too, Martinez. And Bonnie Garcia is playing like uh, when he was in his prime, what, like six or seven years ago?
3: Yeah, I don't know if just not playing in the world cup or something has kind of shot him back into action or what, but he's, I, I don't mean... think there's
2: an explanation. Honestly, it's just unbelievable. He looks so much better than he has yeah. the last couple of years. And that's not to say he hasn't been a, a valuable player to the team, Right. but, uh, he actually looks like a difference maker almost every time I've watched him lately.
3: I mean, it feels like maybe like, I don't know, like with uh Houston, they've got, it's pretty, it's almost like the Honduran national team in the attack. And, Maybe he's just, you know, he's he's finally meshed enough with the other pieces around that, yeah, it's just it's all starting to click because he's on he's on a good bit of set pieces for him, um, and yeah, he's got you know his hunter and attackers to work with now. So he puts in the work defensively too, and yeah, I mean he's actually been a pretty decent fantasy play, um, you know, not not gonna bring the attacking sets game in and game out, but. Um, he's on the radar at least, like he's back on the radar.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: Um, so we've got, like, Elise is locked in for me, he's he's probably already got a spot in my lineup. Um, after that, then I've got, you know, I both have a little bit of differentiating in our two, really two through ten. Um, and you've got David via at two, I've got Javinko at two, you've got Javinko at three, so not too far off there. One of the big Ones that jumps out at me, of course, is Zlatan again. I've got him at three. You've got him at eight. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, I'm probably going to have Elise and Giovinco. Like, those two are almost automatic right now for me. And then I'm trying to think if I want to go with a third forward or if I want to mix it up a little bit and do, like, you know, four-man back line or or five-man midfield, something like that. But what do you think? uh, I mean, for me, I guess the hesitation on Via is just, I think, Atlanta might be a little bit of a tougher matchup. You feel pretty confident that he's you know, he's playing at home. He's usually perform performs at home, so regardless of opponent, like, are you locking him in at your number two forward?
2: Yeah, I don't think I'm locking David Villa in. Um I the upside with Javinko um is really intriguing to me. So even if I have him lower in my rankings right now, um I think Javinka is a guy I'm going to have to get in. Toronto's really motivated. They've they're finally at a point where I'm saying that they need to start getting points. Like I haven't really been worried until I don't want to say now, but I could see a scenario where like two weeks from now, three weeks from now, I'm legitimately worried about their playoff chances. Um, so they need to start collecting points. The other thing is Philadelphia is missing Badoya and Badunianin. Uh Badoya did appeal his red card but it got rejected by the league um so that's their two defensive midfielders right there um they'll probably play what like Derek jones and um trying to think who else warren craval yeah probably craval yeah so that's a definite downgrade um but maybe they just go super defensive at home that would be kind of strange um they also played u.s open cup they won five nothing but they did use some regulars and that's kind of their tournament, and um, I just Toronto obviously didn't play U.S. Open Cup because they're in Canada, so I just think they're better rested, they're more motivated, and they're a much better team. And Javinko seems to always have a great day against Philadelphia, doesn't it seem
3: like that? Yeah, it does. I mean,
2: for a reason. I mean, the, he he's way better than anyone on Philadelphia is.
3: Yeah. No. And. You said it like they're they're just like Medunian and Badoya are so big defensively for them and the just clogging things up in the middle of the park that it's just it's gonna open up a ton. I know we'll get to midfielders. I know you've got Victor Vasquez pretty high in your well, he's number one in your ranking, but uh Yeah. Yeah, I mean Javinko for me, like he's gonna be getting chances left and right. Um and yeah, I just I, I feel like he's a pretty obvious play this week even on the road. Like, and I'm never super big on players on the road, but I think for me then he's he's in for me this week.
2: Yeah, and so are you thinking about having him on your bench or in the starting lineup?
3: I think I'm just going to go with him in my starting lineup cuz I feel like he's the type of player even if he doesn't score, like he's going to get me probably a good maybe even like 5 or 6 points without scoring or assisting um yeah I, I totally agree yeah so I think they're like I would rather use a bench spot for somebody else and just you know be confident that Javinka is gonna perform and even if he busts then you know whatever five or six points like that's not gonna kill your your lineup in a, a single game week um week six, week 15 so he's in there for me
2: yeah um, so I, I know, um, David Villa is probably going to be used by a lot of people this week. I initially ranked him number two. I'm probably going to bump him down now that I've kind of had the week to look at things a little bit more. Um, I do notice he's also second in, uh, the expected FMLS points that, uh, dummy run on Twitter puts out and shares on Reddit as well. um. When I look at Atlanta's record on the road this season, it's been really good. They have four wins, one loss, one draw. And in six games, they only have seven goals against. Um, and that you have to subtract the 4 nothing initial game against Houston. So then you have uh, five games, and they only have three goals against in their last five road games. Um, I know they're missing Garza, I think. I'm not sure. I don't want to say they're missing someone else because I think everyone's actually going to be back by now. But, um, I don't know. It it might not be as great of a matchup as we think for Via, but I still think he's going to be in my my third forward ranking. I don't know if he's going to be the third forward I use just because of salary considerations.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, for me, I just don't love the matchup. Like, I know it's Dava Villa and he... I mean, he's he could go off at any any given game, even if it's Atlanta, Toronto, whatever, but I don't know. I feel like just this week, like, Elise is in. I think Javinko's matchup is too good to avoid, and then after that, like, I know we differentiated a little bit on the, the Zlatan play, but he's, he's, for me, like a guy, like, in the spot that I'm in, he's the type of player that's going to be a differential play, and kind of a wild card almost and i feel like you know that game against uh FC Dallas kind of showed like yeah i mean he can he can spring for a 15 point game just like <clears> that <throat> even against a uh, tough opposition and RSL doesn't really jump out at me as like a FC Dallas as necessarily like a, a tough opposition so
2: yeah i mean i th- i honestly think if we we go back to the Well of latin every week we're going to be like average, he's not. He's just not doing it consistently enough that I would want to try that. But um, I can't blame you for thinking that he is a good matchup this week, and he could be another good play. That's for sure. Yeah, that's but true. I mean, Via's consistency over the his stay in MLS, I think, just elevates him significantly ahead of Latin this week for me, and most weeks as well.
3: Yeah, that's fair. What about the uh, the three million? Dollar savings that you're getting from Zlatan—that's that's, that's a pretty nice little chunk of savings there.
2: That's fair. I actually ranked Armenteros right behind Zlatan. He's going to be hosting Sporting Kansas City, who just played U.S. Open Cup this week, and they started Matt Beesler. They started Johnny Russell, um, Ilya Sanchez. They started. I think all played 90 minutes. So Portland rested. I think almost all of their starters. Um, and they actually beat a San Jose team that, like, had a lot of MLS regulars in it. Yeah. Even though they're not necessary. I mean, it's like Hika, Wando, Tommy Thompson, guys that maybe aren't starting he every change. game in the league, but they're very experienced. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Armin Teres has been on fire, and I don't think there's any reason to think he's not going to start, right?
3: Yeah, it's uh, $5 million too. Like, if he starts, yeah. that's a pretty nice value. Only concern there is he's the last in that last group of games of the week. Okay,
2: um, um I I think he'd be a great guy for on the bench then, especially
3: on the bench or on the If you want to line up and see if, you know, if your bench got yeah, dropped yeah. and have him right there to start.
2: Yeah, that would probably be a actually that's a cheap salary that you can put in there. That's true. Yeah, yeah, flip him to a Minnesota guy if he doesn't uh if your bench guys do well. Right, right. That's probably the best approach, I would say. Um yeah. I I would think him and Zlatan, I would put right around the same point projection for the week. Yeah. Um so that's a three point two million savings. But yeah, the savings uh, thought line on Via versus Ibra is is fair as well. Um I think it's really weird that just like BWP and Martinez are probably flying heavily under the radar this week. Um
3: yeah, the, you, those guys you mentioned and Arudi, like he's he's kind of uh buried under, you know, the Zlatan via Kyoto. Um, but I've got Arudi at 6, but I mean honestly, I feel like he's a guy that should be, I mean, he could be in the conversation for top 3 this week. Like he's yeah. he was shooting left and right against LAFC, it just it didn't fall for him, but Montreal's the same team, same type of team that he's going to get opportunities against, and I definitely could see a Rudy bagging a goal or two in this spot.
2: Yeah, I agree. I have him at four, and I think he's his game's early enough that you'll be able to see it. You'll see all of his game before the ten o'clock kickoff, most likely. Hmm. Um, And there's four matches at ten o'clock or later, so there's plenty of uh, decisions to be made like after that. I think that would be a good uh, switcheroo type of guy to look at for sure. Yeah. And uh, the the other guy I just want to touch on briefly is Kai Kamara. He has an amazing matchup. Lamine Sané is out. Orlando is just depleted in general, and they're bad. And Vancouver has been surging, so...
3: Yeah, Vancouver's a sneaky team this week. It just the thing with them it's like always where is the production is going to come from like yeah well
2: Titkara and rainia have both been very good lately
3: right both those guys have been good it's a breck revenge game
2: <laughs> do, breck shay doesn't have revenge in his heart he's all about peace yep. and e- unity especially now that he's got the dreads going
3: wow <laughs> um no i mean it's by the way actually an, by a, the way
2: Oh, good. I was going to say, just by the way, for the listeners, we forgot to say player most likely to wear their shin guards over their socks. Uh, me and Andrew both came up with Breck Shea pretty much immediately.
3: Yeah, we, we uh, failed to touch on that last podcast, so I'm glad you brought it back up. But for me, I had one in mind. We missed it, but it's uh, Joseph Martinez. I don't know if anybody has seen any of the pictures going around on Twitter or whatever, but like, any time he has a chance to sh- like show off a little flash of his shin guard, then you, you better believe his socks going to be pulled down a little bit. He's got customized shin guards with like, I don't know, like him and his girlfriend or something. On there. It's like,
2: yeah, I, it, for some reason it just reminds me of like a bad P Diddy music video from <laughs> the nineties.
3: Uh, it's amazing, man. so he would definitely be my guy that, you know, if you could wear your shin guards over your socks and Yosef would definitely be doing that. Um, but no, it's a this Vancouver Orlando game is a revenge game for uh, Jose Aha too, center back for Vancouver. <laughs> so we've got <laughs> yeah, two defenders, so many revenge high profile
2: games. yeah, a lot of high profile revenge games.
3: Yeah, but I love the Kai shout, man. I I uh I've always been a, a fan of Kai and like he's he's gotta be the guy that Vancouver leans on for goals. I know, you know, he's been a little bit hit or miss this season, but I think they're still going to down the stretch at least like really lean on him to score goals. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, he, he's gotta be like, he's gotta be ready to bounce back after, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago where he had seven or eight shots and he had a couple that were almost like point blank. I think one even made sports centers, not top 10, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, Yikes! I got a kick out of it, but he was having fun with it too on his Instagram. Like, Hey, who's this guy right here on Sports. <laughs> so, um, but you know, you know, time you get called out like that, like you, I, I don't know. For me, I mean, if it's like that, then you want to bounce back and not just uh, sulk in a, a moment like that. You want to bounce back and do something big. So, um, yeah, this is a good spot for him. He might be another one that if you want to roll out a switcheroo, then stick him on your bench and see what happens at that early, early ish game. On Saturday. Early and cheap. Yeah,
2: he's 7.7, I think. So I'm probably not going to be using him this week, but I think he's in play for a lot of people. Um, he's a little too risky for my taste, just being second overall. But if you do need a big score and you think everyone's going to use Latin, everyone's going to use David Villa um, as like their third forward, maybe uh, Armenteros or Kai is kind of a decision that you might want to think about. Yep. Or Minotis. I mean, he's 7.4. Everyone's going to use Kyoto and Elise. Um, that's also in play. The the one other thing I think we can touch on, apart from Diego Rossi not really being that appealing, despite a good matchup against San Jose, is um, I ranked Nikolic way down at 16. You had him significantly higher, I think 9th. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think New England's going to come back with a vengeance because they got... Knocked out a U.S. Open Cup. Friedel was not happy. And they just haven't been playing that well lately in general. So I, I think they come out and uh, handle Chicago pretty easily, even on the road. And Nikolic might not even start. I mean, Alan Gordon's been better.
3: Yeah, Nikolic came off the bench last game. I mean, that that's why put him into the rankings, because I feel like he, if if he's healthy, then he's the starter there. Like, let Gordo be the super sub. I mean, yeah, Gordo's definitely done his job and done well to to help out when the team's a little banged up. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe if it was at New England, I would feel a little bit more confident about New England having to bounce back. But since it's at Chicago, I just – it feels like a game that Nikolic, if he starts – um could get could come away with a couple of goals and we know that he's got the goal scoring pedigree yeah he's in a little bit of a funk but I mean last year's golden boot winner you just you can't overlook that I mean if he gets himself in the right spots like he usually does he's going to get chances against New England who are not a I mean yeah they they actually had a pretty good week this past week they tied Atlanta they knocked off Red Bulls um, and yeah they had a disappointing U.S. Open Cup game Friedel's fired up whatever but I don't know. It feels like a spot that, that Nikolich could thrive in. And if he starts, then yeah, I think he's he's good for at least a goal, maybe two.
2: Yeah. Honestly, every time I see Chicago's lineups get released lately, I just cringe.
3: No Katilov.
2: I Just in general, it's like the people just don't seem to be positioned where uh, they should be. Uh, there's like, Brandon
3: uh, the center back.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's like, uh, some young players, um, that I'm just
3: Brant Bronico had a big week last week.
2: Yeah. I actually love that. They're playing their, their youth. And actually I individually, I kind of like all of them, but, uh, I don't know. It's just like when you see these other lineups in the league and then you look at that one and the formations changing all the time. Um, you never know what Schweinsteiger is going to do. Dax McCarty isn't in lately. Um, like Gordo and Diego Campos up top, and I don't know. It it just makes me really nervous about using anyone on that team.
3: Yeah, no, nah, it's it's yeah. Chicago has always been a little bit of a mess, at least the past couple of seasons for fantasy. Well, for last year they Tampa. were good.
2: Yeah, last year they had it together, and um, outside of last year, it, you have to go back like over a decade. Yeah, to Mike McGee era Chicago yeah and then it was just him right
3: (laughs) it was just him yeah i mean mvp or almost mvp yeah so midfield yeah we're moving on to the midfield yeah i think we've touched on pretty much every forward we needed to touch on there so
2: yeah that was a little long we'll we'll speed it up here for the midfield i know our big disagreement i have victor vasquez number one because i love toronto's matchup. Um. You have him at number seven, and Dummy Run, I think, said his projections have Vasquez is like number 76. I don't know if that's just among midfielders or among all players, but needless to say, that's much, much lower. Um, I'll make my case. I think Vasquez, maybe from the analytical standpoint in the uh, formula that Dummy Run is using his projections
3: Wait, so, um, hey. Just, I mean, sorry to jump in, but is his? Do you know if his model proge- or factors in red cards? Like,
2: no. I it obviously can't factor in the uh, who all is starting for the opponent. So that's okay. one. That's one big thing. There's no Bedoya, right. no Madunianine. but also I think he had um, some substitute appearances to start the season when he oh. was hurt. Um, I think so if you don't produce in a substitute appearance, I suspect that that might weigh things down a little bit more. Um, than when you're when you're playing full 90s all over the place, um, just because that gives you a truer sample when you like you're more likely to get a goal or assist, um, etc. So I think Vasquez. I mean, if Toronto's motivated to get points, like I suspect they will be. Um, if they're not, something's seriously wrong. But I think they definitely will be, and I think he's a, a pretty safe bet. I can't imagine not having Vasquez in my lineup of five midfielders. Wow.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a decision that I am going to have to make. I mean, it's a, I, I feel like you're on the right path there. I just, man, it's, I mean, I'm going to have to overlook, uh, either a Diaz, Almarone, Valeri, Alessandrini hasn't been really doing it for me lately, but I still feel like he's the type of guy that can. And I've got Katai at number five, even.
2: I uh, see. That's where I would strongly disagree. When you get to Katai.
3: yeah, uh,
2: he's everyone else lately, I totally too. understand.
3: Did you say Valeri? Yeah, Valeri is like at thir- at three for me. yes yeah. I mean, and, I, uh, I, like I do, I definitely see the angle you're going with on Vasquez. I mean, he's gonna have like we, like I was saying with the Jibinko, they're gonna have opportunities like left and right. And you got to believe that he's going to be involved if it's an assist. If it's and now he's on PKs too, so he could score a a penalty kick if they get one.
2: Yeah. The other thing I love about Vasquez, he's the first game, so I can play him on the bench.
3: It's true. true.
2: I'm also thinking like him and Yordi Reyna both would be great options to go in on the bench. Um, and I might I might do both and uh, let the best one sub on.
3: Yeah, I like that. that. Now that you say that, I might actually deploy Vasquez off my bench and just see what happens with him.
2: Yeah, you could even do a. You could do um, you could do Vasquez, Reina on the bench, and you could have Armenteros as your third forward. If they both do well, you could uh, bump Armenteros out. I don't know. Just spitballing here.
3: Yeah. It's good. I mean, you got to at this point. I mean, you're number two, uh, number two overall. You gotta consider. I have all to let everyone videos. else.
2: I have to let everyone else that's listening know exactly what I'm planning to do. <laughs>
3: that's right. Hopefully, hopefully nobody in the top ten listens. Listens? To this yeah. I mean, sorry, Andrew. That might be counterproductive to your your goal for this <laughs> podcast. But.
2: Well, just your honor alone. If you're in the top ten, stop listening until uh, <laughs> this half season's over. That's right. Scout, scouts' honor. That's right. Danny Hosen's one you had pretty high, and I, I literally bumped like three people out of my rankings just to make sure I could squeeze him in.
3: Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like he's obviously a midfielder in the game, but he's pretty much their go-to guy up top, and when you look at his last, I don't know, what, 5 last five game weeks, he's had a goal in four of his last five games, and... I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, if you don't get a goal from Hosin, then you're getting two points. But yeah. I feel like LAFC is the type of team, especially after seeing, like I said, a Rudy was getting looks. Like, yeah, he he had the post, like, two times, two or three times, and he should have scored a goal that game. And LAFC just with Simon out of the mix, and they've got a couple of other pieces, I think, that are gone right now. Obviously, Vela, that's, that doesn't affect their defense too much. but Gaber. Yeah, Gaber. Yeah. That's a big um, one,
2: and also we were talking about this before the pod. They started a ton of regular starters in u s open Cup last night, and they're not a deep team. they're like probably the most shallow team outside of uh geez, I don't know like minnesota I don't know who would you would you say anyone is more of a shallow team than l a f c maybe, maybe Mon- Montreal <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> Colorado is deep uh, in that they just have a bunch of players that are all mediocre, but yeah, right. right, Exactly. Um, so anyway, here's a list of players I wrote down that I saw that played a full 90 Zimmerman. That's your center back. Yakovic center back Harvey fullback, a Twesta defensive midfielder. And, uh, this doesn't really matter, but it's notable that Lee Wynn played 90 as well. Um, so I don't I think uh San Jose probably just by by sheer uh just the opponent being tired and not that good defensively they they should find a way to get a goal somehow even if it's because they're down 3 nothing and have nothing else to play for except pushing for a goal um I just feel like San Jose is going to get one and Hosen's the best candidate
3: Yeah yeah I love him as just so uh, kind of a differential play this week like I said, I mean, you're really kind of going out on a limb, like saying, get me my goal, get me my fantasy points, because if you don't get that goal from him, then that's, uh, yeah, I mean, those two pointers are, are tough to stomach. So I don't know if I'm going to play him, but I do like him as a play because I think he's going to get some chances. Um, and, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, I don't know. We I know we brushed on forwards a little bit, but that that might also put Wando is a little bit of a I'll stop. I mean, if he starts, you know, he's, he's going, after I don't think that he's going to start. He's. I think he's been logging starts and he's going after he's... that all time record. So
2: yeah, but he played a full 90 in open cup.
3: Yeah, that might, that might push him off a start, but
2: anyway, I, back I, to midfield. I think he played a full 90. I, I might be misremembering, but he started. Um, anyway, I had two other guys I wanted to note in the midfield that played open cup. Johnny Russell, uh, played almost the whole game and also oh the other guy i want to mention the midfield is nicholas ladero might be available saturday but we don't know um i don't know what we can do with that given that he's not playing until 10 o'clock
3: yeah it's a tough one there he's obviously one of if if he if we knew he was starting, he would probably be one of the top midfielders. He would probably instantly shoot to the top of my midfield rankings at home against DC United, Seattle are desperate for some sort of attacking spark and they know that he's it, so apparently he's uh he's flown back from Uruguay and he's in the mix for Saturday, like he could could play. I don't know if you know, they really need him. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna start or what, but you know the fact that they just they need him so bad makes me kind of think that if he's available if he's there like he's gonna start um that might be going out on a limb because you know there was there was a little bit of seemed like a little bit of animosity like amongst the stat the front office the staff, even some of the players um when lodero decided that he was going to leave the team early to go ahead and link up with Uruguay and now he's, you know, he's not on the team and he just has to like all of a sudden mesh back into the team. Like, like nothing happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's the type of player though, that Seattle could probably just look past all that and say like, go to work and do what you do and help us dig out of this hole.
2: Yeah. The writing seems to be on the wall that, uh, he's not going to be there after this season. Um, maybe even after the summer window, But he'd be a great play this week. I wish we knew more. It's actually kind of interesting that nobody for Seattle really jumps out to me as, like, a a player I need to take. But if you told me before the season that D.C. United would be as bad as we thought they were going to be, and they would be traveling to Seattle, and I would have zero Seattle players, I would have thought it was an alternate universe. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I've been a little bit supportive of Dempsey, like trying to let him get it going this season. It just hasn't happened. Like they're not He's playing. – he's been playing up high and he's not even getting shots. Like nobody's there to get him the ball. He's not getting the ball himself and it just – it's not working. So I'm off of Dempsey this week. I mean, I think the potential is there for him to have a good game, but whatever. It feels like it, you know feels like i've i've worn that one out a little bit and i'm just yeah. i'm not going there again um
2: and I'm, no roll dawn i just noticed in your midfield rankings uh, complete lack of respect
3: <laughs> what's he done lately though it's like
2: i mean he's like uh,
3: pretty much their best player right but how is that translated to fantasy i mean
2: not really well yeah but uh, you could say the same for wolf ikram who you take every single time he starts
3: I think I got Wolf in there, either. <laughs> I think uh, I think Wolf is on the sidelines this week. He, I, I've, I gave Wolf the shot basically as like, okay, you're standing in for Lodero, like make something happen. This is your shot, and <laughs> he failed. Like I put a little bit too much faith in, in uh, the Wolf man. But now I think, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd say as far as like Seattle exposure, I guess we'll get to defenders, but a guy yeah, like, that's where it comes. Yeah, a guy yeah. like Tolo or. Dam if you feel like they're gonna be trying to attack down the flanks and then
2: Or Stefan Fry in a, uh,
3: keeper room. Yeah, Steph and it as Key Yes, Stefan Fry. Um, and then if you want to go with the big center backs, you know, guys like Chad Marshall and, and Keehee, um they're they'll probably get you some defensive bonus points and then Yeah maybe like pop into the box on a set piece. But yeah, we'll get we'll get to defenders.
2: Yeah, I uh, the one other thing in the midfield that was notable is I saw in Zdruik's, uh on RotoWire his captain's piece, Iguain was number three um, in his um, players that you should captain. Third overall, he's playing the Red Bulls this week. That's kind of a tough matchup, even though they won't have uh, Kaku. And Tyler Adams is still going to be out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Robles will, however, be back um i don't know i think I have six you have him six as well that might even be a little ambitious don't you think
3: yeah it's that's kind of the same uh just issue i ran into like via for instance it's just the when you have two just really strong teams like that you never know how it's going to play out i mean it could turn into uh could be a nil nil draw or it could turn into like 2-2 2-2 with you know the best players scoring goals like Higuain gets a goal BWP scores one whatever like those ones are just those games are just so hard for me to to rank a guy when I, when you've got guys like Diaz at home against Montreal or um, whatever like Jevinco at at Philadelphia who are missing like two of their best defensive center mids like you know you've got plays that stick out, and you've got those plays that are hard to gauge like it could go either way, like yeah Iguaine's got the skill set to have a good game, but Red Bulls also have the team that could put them in their back pocket and shut them down so um I don't know, I think George's being a little ambitious there, but you know that's that's a tough call for me,
2: yeah, all right, anyone else you want to touch on in the midfield?
3: It feels like we already touched on, like, the Vancouver guys. Like, Yorty Reina has been yeah. pretty good lately. Um, I've got them eighth, and I've got Teixeira 11th, and I felt like both of those were ranked too low. Like,
2: yeah, I agree, but it's just really hard to bump them up individually. Yeah. Like, if you gave me the better of Teixeira and Reina, I'd probably rank them, like, fourth. Right. But uh, just they individually just seem like they make me nervous all the time. Um <laughs> I mean, if you want the safe play from Vancouver, Felipe is probably the one you want.
3: Yeah, he's he's probably the safe play just for a safe batch of points, but not the guy that, that could separate you in the on the leaderboard.
2: Yeah, he's not going to score. He might get you some assists, but he's not going to... I mean, he's probably not going to score, let's put it that way.
3: Right, he's on set pieces, so he could get turn up with an assist, but he's not like the Yordi Reyna and like Teixeira with his hat trick a couple weeks ago. Like... Those are the type of guys that you need to be looking at if you want to separate yourself. I'd say Felipe is a safer of those, but yeah, you already ran into Shara. I mean, like you said, Orlando is nothing to be scared about in the back, so those guys could have a big day. Um, another midfield, I had a little bit of. We talked talked about Hosen, but another midfield I had a little bit of difficulty with projecting was the San Jose midfield. You know, I feel like LAFC is exploitable right now and. Uh, guys like Vako and Magnus Eriksson, um, those kind of guys could turn up with a big or just a random big game. Um, they it would,
2: would be it would be random at this point for Eriksson, who has right. been uh, hot garbage.
3: He's been garbage hey, ever since we both ranked him number one. It's like <laughs> wait, that, I that ranked Vako number one. Oh, don't yeah, yeah. I don't put Magnus. that on me. That's right. I mean, he hasn't been that much better than Eriksson, but um, <laughs> no, I think both of them could actually just turn up with a random good game here. and um, Yeah, know. and
2: on, on the other side of the ball, Benny Failobber, I think, is a, a nice look.
3: Yep. That is true. And then you got um, LeJet's kind of running the number 10 right now for the Galaxy. He is 6 million. I think, you know, I feel like he's got a good game in him coming up soon, like an assist and a goal, that type of thing, but... Uh, i don't know eh. once you get past the twenty twentieth 20th rank it's just hard for me to roll with anybody there yeah we don't need to scrape the bottom of the barrel um oh, one one last thing i'll say on midfielders and i've got Safir Titer ranked as my 29th ninth ranked midfielder this week but man he uh if you look at his game log he's been pulling in the bonus points oh yeah he's a beast it's like eight points every game pretty much automatic. And I'm not going to say that's going to happen again this week at Dallas, but he's a guy like if you're really looking for consistent batch of points, like he's he's, seems like he's bringing it.
2: Yeah. He's done pretty much everything for Montreal and kind of has to because they're kind of always on the back foot, but he also needs to kind of try and create for Piotti. So he's a really quality player. I know he's not uh, living up to what Jay Mailey was last year offensively anyway, but, um, I wouldn't overlook him just because of Montreal's struggles. So that's a good call. Yep. All right. Defenders and keepers. Let's hit it. Uh, so I, I guess I just want to speak broadly here. There aren't that many teams that I really love for the clean sheet. It's, I feel like it's a harder week to predict than most weeks. um, so as much as we were talking about the switcheroo for forwards earlier, I have been considering going heavy on switcherooing defenders just to try and get a clean sheet. Hmm. Does that
3: make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's this this week is kind of cl- tricky. Like, yeah, a clean got... sheet's
2: basically a goal, by the way. So, like, uh,
3: yeah, and you've I... only got that one. Like, you've got. Philadelphia-Toronto Friday night, which I don't think... I mean, I honestly feel like Toronto might have a better shot at a clean sheet than Philly does, but I'm not oh, going yeah, to have any Toronto... I'm Like, the only Toronto defensive exposure I could have is RO, but I don't think I'm going to go there.
2: Yeah, I didn't rank any Toronto defenders now that I think about it, and it's just hard to pinpoint one over the others. I guess that's why. Um, that's not really a great way to do rankings, but when I think about all these players individually... Um, it's tough to justify like vaulting one up the rankings just to shove them in there. Right. But um, I, I think largely with Toronto, we will need to see the lineup. And it might be a great lineup that um, makes me want to use a defender, especially off the bench maybe. Right. But, it, I mean, it might not either. So I think a lot of people are going to use Toronto defender on the bench. So that could be a reason if uh, game theory-wise, maybe you just don't want to do that because you don't think it's a, as good of a calculated risk as it would be going with somebody else who a lot of people are going to be off of.
3: Yeah, like Breck Shea.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, if, I, he, I,
3: if Breck Shea starts, sure. No, Yeah, I've actually like I've got two guys that I'm going to look for in the starting lineup, and I could put them on my bench just in that switcheroo scenario, and it's Breck Shea is one of them. Is um, Hollingshead the other? Yes, Hollingshead is the other. Um, and we so, didn't talk about that beforehand, I just guess. No, you called it. Um, but Shea, obviously, I mean, he could start at left. I think he started at left back last game. He could start there again. Um, or he could be shifted up into a higher role with, you know, Vancouver wanting to let him try to go at Orlando and take his frustrations out on him. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God. the a little Breck Shea revenge game, baby. Um, and then, yeah, FC Dallas, Hollingshead. Actually ended up as the top-scoring defender last week. He had 20 points over two games. He scored a goal. I think he had an assist.
2: Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Dallas Dallas are, like, quietly playing extremely well.
3: Yeah, and it's good to see Hollingshead, you know, make his way back into the mix. Anybody that hadn't really heard his story, then uh, I guess it was, like, last year, a couple years ago, and he was, I mean... probably could have been paralyzed or even killed um trying to be a good samaritan and help somebody um icy roads somebody had crashed he got out of his car and another car slid off the road and hit him um yeah i mean it's it's just a feel good story and it's good to see him like fully recovered and actually doing like hollingshead things like i remember i remember watching him live scoring a goal and like you know witnessing firsthand that yeah this is guy this guy like Gets forward, he you know does work defensively too, but he's not shy about getting in the attack. And, um, yeah, I mean, if he starts again, then at home against Montreal, I think he's a good, a pretty good show.
2: Yeah, I agree. He actually won Humanitarian of the Year in 2017, I guess, for getting hit by a car.
3: <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't. It was probably the stopping to help somebody <laughs> instead of getting hit by a car that won him that award. But yeah. well, he
2: slowed the car down enough that it, he might have saved it from more damage.
3: <laughs> That's true.
2: I yeah. actually don't know, but yeah, no, it's good to see him back. I, mainly because he's fun to watch. He's a good player.
3: Right. Uh, but yeah, those two, man. I think. I mean, it feels like those two are like the type of guys that could just randomly have another like really big week, especially if Breck Shea is playing in an attacking role. But that also means that if he doesn't do anything, then he could end up with two points if Vancouver doesn't keep a clean sheet. So uh, it's the risk you got to take. Yeah, I think um,
2: we to talk about Zussi, as we usually do. Mm-hmm. You ranked him number one. I really don't think he's going to get a clean sheet so i couldn't rank him number one just because i do think some other plays i've got him second but i have reggie cannon ahead of him he's been uh, able to get ahead and attack a little bit more lately i think against montreal that's like a really big matchup to exploit is there any reason in particular you ranked him way down in eighth or was it just that there was a lot of similar options and he just kind of fell there
3: yeah i I feel like, uh, you know, I mentioned Hollingshead. Like, I feel like he might be a little bit ahead of Cannon for me. Like, I do, like, I definitely have taken notice of Cannon's ability to get forward and move into the attack. But, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe it feels like uh, this last week is, with Hollingshead, like, it's kind of catapulted him up uh, on my rankings. Like, just... I don't know you could take it like a week by week basis but I had Cannon in my lineup last week he got me five points he had three points one game and two points the other game so that just you know kind of shows like if he doesn't do anything doesn't score doesn't assist doesn't get a clean sheet like you might be you could be looking at a two or three point score and feels like with Zusi like I think he had eight points last week, and that was without anything, without a clean sheet, without a goal or an assist. And, yeah, it was against Minnesota. Uh, I'll recognize that. But it it feels like he's done that more times than not this season, where, like, even if he doesn't do anything, then he at least gets a respectable, like, five or six points. And, I don't know, that's kind of where I fell with Cannon this week.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I just – Cannon's always pretty involved. He gets a, a decent amount of touches, if not – uh more than uh, most fullbacks do in a game. And uh, for a team that's just such a heavy favorite this week, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I, th- I think another valid strategy while we're talking about defenders is to do like a two-for-two two switcheroo. Does that make sense? Um, you would have an early game on the bench and you would have both defenders. Maybe you could do Toronto, but I could also see you doing Dallas, for instance, at 8 o'clock.
3: Yeah. That's and, uh, Philly last week. Yep. And the rotating to Seattle.
2: Pitch. Yeah. And then probably rotating to Seattle defenders if the Dallas guys don't do well. Um, if you need like clean sheet points to catch up, that's probably what I would do. I would pick your two favorites, make sure that they don't conflict for switcheroo purposes, and, um, just really go for it. There are seven weeks left, like we're only really two thirds of the way through the year, so you don't have to panic right now, but if you're trying to make moves, this is a good week to try and hunt some clean sheets I think there there's not a single like heavy favorite one, but there's a couple that um if you like take three chances, I bet you'll get one. you know what I mean
3: yeah i I feel like maybe I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overlooking how bad Houston is in the back, but I just feel like you've got to, you've got to have some exposure to their defense against Colorado, at home. And Colorado hasn't scored in uh, what four games on the road? I think I said in my, in my rankings article. Like, yeah, it's just, that, just that's the kind of thing that you just you got to at least have some exposure to.
2: Um, I guess so. I, to illustrate your point, you have Adam Lundquist Lundqvist, ranked thirteenth, um, yeah. and he just played what his first MLS game, and he looked fine, but not spectacular. He had, um,
3: he, had he got two games in.
2: Oh, he has two games now. My apologies to Adam Lundqvist.
3: <laughs> well, the thing is, like he, it feels like maybe now that he's working his way into the the Dynamo lineup, like I don't know, he took some set pieces for him. I saw some of the game that he was playing, he and he gets forward and tries. I mean, he took a shot, I think, in the game that I saw him play. So, like, it, he looks like a guy that, you know, for me, when I think about the Dynamo defense, like, I don't ever think about any of their defenders being, like, attack-minded. But Well, Beasley sometimes, but not yeah, lately. Beasley sometimes. He's old now. But Lunkist, uh yeah, he took some corners for him. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit... Uh, being a little bit too gracious after just two starts, but like... No, I like it. Yeah, no, I, li- I like of, it. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe I'm banking on the clean sheet and then thinking that if he gets involved in the attack too, like he could have a big week, but that's, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit too overzealous there.
2: Yeah. Houston's just not good uh, defensively, and now they're missing Machado, which is their best defender to World Cup duty. Um, I still think they only have the one clean sheet this year and that's game one against Atlanta. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. So that would be 12 straight games. They've conceded one goal. I know Colorado has been bad, but maybe finally starting uh, Yannick bully, hopefully some other players that they've been waiting to get in. Hopefully this is like a, not a turning point, but I mean, I'd like to see some signs of life from Colorado. I'd, it just feels like teams don't go down and out for good this early in the year. Even when DC United are like easily in last place, they have a couple games that shock you. Um, which honestly, I feel like this week against Seattle, like would you be at all surprised if DC went in and won like three nothing?
3: No, they were getting looks and uh, at LAFC in their last game. I mean, Dar- yeah. they, they scored. A, I think Darren Mattox scored a goal to equalize, and yeah. It feels like, yeah, it feels like D.C. could easily go into Seattle and, and get yep. a result just with as bad as Seattle has been. But um, I do got to say, after looking at the Open Cup results, I think that the kicker is that Houston, they got a shutout last night. I know you said it's been a while since I've got a clean. They team. didn't have any starters, right? <laughs> they they got a shutout against uh, an adult amateur team from the Dallas area, North Texas Rayados. <laughs> <laughs> kept the clean sheet, and on top of that, Colorado went to Nashville, uh, second division team, (laughs) and lost 2-0. So Colorado got shut out to a second division team, and Houston shut out a what, fifth division team? Uh, Yeah,
2: Houston didn't play, I don't think, a single starter. I'm looking right now to confirm.
3: uh, Oh,
2: Fuenmayor played. Or
3: 60 Minutes.
2: Oh, is that how much he played? Sixty minutes. Yes. Yeah. And then Senderos came on and got an appearance. Oh. What a uh, What a downfall from Arsenal to playing the uh, North Texas Rayados.
3: Yeah, and who else gets a little bit triggered when you see when you try to sort the uh, fantasy stats for defenders and Senderos? head pops up at the top all the time. <laughs> like, come on. He had one good week. It was when you sort like, by what first worm.
2: Week. Yeah, when you sort by form, he's way up there.
3: Right, or uh, average, I guess.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha.
3: Um, but no, I mean, I, I like Funemeyer. I mean, basically banking on that clean sheet, and he gets some bonus points. But
2: Yeah, full disclosure, he's not yet in my rankings because I thought he was still suspended. But it turns out he had a double game week last week, which I knew, and uh, he's back. So the, the other team I think we haven't talked about for clean sheets is Vancouver. Yeah. I think they're probably in play. Aha uh-huh. and Daniil Henry played last week. They don't have Kendall Watson. He's off to the World Cup. But I just think, especially if Dom Dwyer doesn't play, which it sounds like he's what, uh, maybe leaning towards the more likely side of playing.
3: Yeah, it sounds like he's back like, training not just like training off to the side so uh-huh. it sounds like he, i mean if you're if you're in full training you're gonna play um whether that means he starts or comes up, gets worked back in slowly like 30 minutes off the bench we don't know but yeah i mean if he starts and yeah he, he definitely brings another dynamic to the attack and makes he or makes orlando a lot more threatening yeah but i don't know i mean it feels like vancouver's yeah they they kind of sometimes it seems like their stylus to lock it down in the back or like clog the middle, that kind of thing, but I don't know, they're not the type of team that really sticks out at me as like a team to target for a clean sheet
2: yeah, that's fair. I mean, they've conceded a lot of goals at home this year.
3: yeah, they've conceded a lot of goals at home, uh including three to New England not too long ago.
2: Uh, three to New England, two to San Jose, and two to Houston would be their last three matches at home. So yeah, they've conceded multiple at home.
3: Yeah, and it seems like Orlando, like I don't know, didn't question. I didn't. I not see the game, but I think question missed a PK at Chicago. Um, sounded like they probably could have scored a couple of goals, if not, you know, if not more. I mean, Orlando they've got the pieces to, like, put together a pretty strong attack. It just – they've got to figure out a way to make it click. And, uh, I mean, like, they're probably the one attack that hasn't really made it work yet this season. But they're I think once they get going, they're going to be pretty scary if uh, you can get Dwyer and Kleschen and – and, Yeah, you know, DC United's on.
2: insulted that you forgot about them.
3: <laughs> hey, uh once you get Ray- Wayne Rooney on board, then I might then we might be talking, but um.
2: yeah, I agree with Orlando. they honestly, they just need a new coach ouch I'm just really tired of Jason Christ he doesn't do he doesn't make a team better um I don't know
3: wow, Orlando. i don't even 20- I don't think that's
2: even a hot take to be honest.
3: No, it's not. I don't think you're in the minority there. Um, I just pulled up the box score. Orlando had 21 shots at Chicago to Chicago's 10, and still Chicago won two to one. But I mean, that's that's kind of telling at least that Orlando's yeah Chicago for one, but Orlando's getting the opportunities. Miriam had five shots. Um,
2: that's because he's the man. <laughs>
3: He's the man that has he even scored in Orlando yet? I don't think he has. I, oh, he, I, I think, think he has. has. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, he's had one goal this season. Uh, he's still the man. He is. He's gonna. He's gonna turn it up second half of this season. It's gonna be. He's gonna start yeah, connecting. Yeah. If if they get a new coach. Ah, there we go. Who uh? Who anybody jump out as like? the obvious go-to captain this week for you? I mean, I know you're second overall, so you're probably going to throw out like, don't don't (laughs) say Breck Shea or everybody knows I
2: think I stuck with my captain pick on the podcast last week, didn't I? I don't know. I never re-listened, but I think Al Marone I said I was leaning towards. Um, Does anyone stick out with the captain
3: pick? No? Yeah. Um I feel like Elise is gonna be pretty popular this week. Yeah,
2: he it makes me a little nervous. I might just stick with a midfielder. Yeah. To be honest, I, I haven't even come close to deciding. Javinko kinda is tempting. Yep. Um and I know I have Elise ranked higher, but Javinko I think is a safer like five or six points than yeah. Elise is.
3: Because yeah, Javinko
2: gets points from shooting, from drawing fouls, yeah. um, key passes, whatever. I I actually heard in the uh, somebody commented recently, um, about I think it was Shep Messing was announcing an NYCFC game. Did you see this on
3: Twitter? No, I didn't.
2: He was basically saying David V is a better all around player than Javinko because he can pass and assist, and Javinko can only like score and shoot. Yikes. And it's like uh, apparently he's never watched Javinko
3: play. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you even I, watching?
2: Yeah, that was a it was a Twitter comment. I forget who had it, but um, wow, Javinko has so many assists since he's been in the league. It's not even funny. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just think he's a better all around safe play than Elise. So m- maybe I would go him. But Al Marone's always a guy you have to think
3: about. Diaz, I think I would think about Yep. Yeah, I think those are probably the like three or four guys that yeah. Vasquez really, like, seriously giving given consideration to. Yeah, Vasquez is my top
2: midfielder, but I would take Javenko before Vasquez. Like you you'd be crazy to take Vasquez before Javenko.
3: Yeah. Yeah, especially like for me I'm I'm probably gonna I'm considering using Vasquez off the bench, so obviously I couldn't use him as a captain. But That's true. Um, yeah, man, now- I think those are the probably, you know, Elise, Javinko, Diaz, and Almarone for me are like the four guys I'm probably honing in on.
2: Yeah, and I think this, honestly, I mean, I have Almarone second in my midfield rankings. You have him second as well. Would you judge anyone negatively if they faded Almarone this week? At New York City,
3: uh, probably not. I know. I mean, New York City just lost uh, Yanhel Herrera. I think he's uh-huh. out for the season. That's a big blow, but uh, they have still got the the pieces to shut it down defensively. Alexander Ring, and you know they've got they've got some guys that can step in and and take care of Al Marone. So I wouldn't blame anybody for fading him. Um, I also still feel like he's you know he's so consistent that I just I don't see like a two pointer coming from him. Um, yeah, I would I would think that he would probably get like seven to ten points before he would get two points.
2: Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think it would be more of a thinking he's going to get four or five, and you can pick someone that's going to get like eight or more. Right. Um, but it's just it's just uncomfortable not to play Almarone, You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I think
2: But maybe off the bench. I think that's maybe what I'm trying to get at is um that would be a huge advantage. He's in the second game. If you play him on the bench just to kind of cover yourself in case he does well, and then he doesn't, everyone else is eating that spot in their starting lineup. They're getting like four or five points and you can have somebody else sub in. So mm-hmm. it's just a thought. I mean we've talked about that with a lot of guys, like you only have three bench spots if you like did everything that We recommended with your bench, you'd need like 30 bench spots, but um, just tossing out ideas.
3: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good, pretty good little strategy strategy there because they play early on Saturday, and so yeah, I mean you could plug him in on the bench. Obviously, if you have the funds, because he's an expensive, expensive piece off the bench, almost what 15 million. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, then I like I, that. That's that's actually a pretty pretty sound strategy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have Vasquez ranked higher, so maybe I shouldn't even be thinking about Vasquez off the bench. If I, I mean, the Marone thing actually sounds smarter now that I say it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, keeper, I think Jesse Gonzalez is that both of our number ones. I didn't look at yours. I'm just guessing.
3: I've got Joe Willis at number one. I have. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I've got Willis at, or uh, Gonzalez at two. So, like I said, I'm just banking too much on maybe banking too much on Colorado's run of bad form on the road. No goals in four games on the road, and yeah, it's Houston, but it's also Colorado. So, (laughs) but yeah, Gonzalez is right there for me too. Montreal have not been have not looked good at at all in the attack.
2: Yeah, I think people can. The listeners have. By now, figured out how to do a key Peru and who they should use based on our rankings. We don't need to really go into that too much. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but I miss Andrew directing the discussion.
3: <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's the number ten. He kind of keeps things flowing, and uh, definitely miss him. But I know, hey, I'm I'm kind of gearing up for World Cup too, man. I don't know if you saw, but FanDuel just dropped their World Cup big GPP for the opening slate 20 grand to first
2: wow i didn't see that i haven't uh, been keeping up
3: yes yeah, seven dollar entry fee and DraftKings has some big ones too like there's a lot of money to be made so i don't blame about, anyone for putting mls on on a little bit of the back burner but you know we'll still be playing we're still gonna have our teams going but yeah i mean hey world cup kicks off next week so i'm yeah, I'm, nice. I'm gearing up for it too how about uh mondo goal what do they have up <laughs> Uh, the, st- the same uh, World Cup contest that StatClash does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, before we jump off here, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to somebody in our Slack chat. Uh, Gaslison, or gas G-A-S-lesson, um was asking about the podcast this morning in Slack. And uh, just, you know, good feeling to know that there's actually like people out there that listen to us that are obviously... Get something out of this podcast, so hey, thanks for uh, thanks for the love, guys. And you know, any any questions you have, feel free to reach out to me or JD in Slack or on Twitter. I'm at DraftKicks, JD's at DFSMLS. And uh, yeah, anything else, JD?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm uh, consistently surprised when Andrew slides us the listenership numbers. How many people actually download the podcast? Um, glad that rotowire continues to provide a great fantasy soccer service i think it's easily the the best and happy to be part of the team uh hopefully the whole team is back together on next week's pod but i have a feeling andrew might try and uh, slither out of it once again with world cup on the horizon
3: yeah, uh, it's, hey, that's a good lead into that next week is actually, week 16 is actually strictly Wednesday's games. So
2: Oh, God.
3: Yeah, so we might have, we might have to uh, jump on early next week. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, keep uh, just be on your toes. Be ready to, to uh, pivot and change your team up pretty quick because quick turnaround, and you know that there's going to be guys that probably miss out on that quick turnaround, so... Uh, make some more moves up the leaderboard, but uh, we'll get to that next week. Take it uh, one week at a time. Week 15 is upon us, and uh, yeah, man, I think we're we're ready to roll. So, best of luck to you, and uh, good luck, guys.
2: Good luck, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.